Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. I've been asked to preach a little bit here today. Well, I don't really see it as preaching. I just see it as sharing my heart a little bit and what God has just put on my heart for, for a while now. So, uh, just as yeah, the title, Can Doubting Disciples Make Disciples?, is something that I've been really struggling. Yeah, it's something I've been questioning. Can can people really doubt that God is working in their lives, or doubt that God is using them? Really make disciples around them. So I've been asking myself this question because I'm in the same position. Sometimes just sitting there and be like, eh, okay, I don't know if God really does use me. But then, yeah, you get awesome testimonies and people just encouraging you, which is yeah, which is just awesome. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to jump straight into it. Just let me get something of this. My throat's a bit Just a little bit dry. Okay, so if you can, if you have like a Bible app, or if you don't have a Bible, here's Bibles here in front, the New Testament. If you guys want to follow in that, you're welcome. Um, okay, so the scripture goes like, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I know this is like a very, how can I put it, a very uh, prominent scripture. Everyone knows it. Everyone's heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's just a scripture that comes up so so much. And I just asked, uh, yeah, I just prayed one time and I was like, but what does it mean? What does it mean to to be a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple maker? And so uh, when I was just um, prepping the sermon and just getting my thoughts in a row, this was the one thing that, that God just like um, laid on my heart was, a disciple is someone that does my word. And that, that was just the one line I got. It's someone that does my word. But just to, just to go a bit back, um, if, we, if we just go quickly look at what a disciple is, like the Greek term, like, how they meant it in the original times. In Greek, the word disciple is mathetes, which means apprentice, adherent, or pupil, student. And if we, if we look at these terms, all of them have one thing in common. It's all people that learn from someone else. They're all people that really spend time with someone to take that knowledge and impart it into someone else, if that makes sense. Um, so the Greek word just, yeah, just sums it up for me. Yeah, I just like the, how it sums it up. It's a pupil. And yeah, when I, when I was searching the scriptures and I was really just looking at, like, how did the disciples do it? Like Jesus spent time with them for, for three years or he spent time with them for the time that he was on earth. And then afterwards he said to them, now go, go and make disciples. And this is, that's very important, go and make disciples. Because in the Old Testament, if you go look in the Old Testament, 
And you'll see, if someone wanted to be a disciple, they went, they made himself a CV, and then they went to a teacher and said, hey, yeah, I am. This is my CV. I'm, impre- I'm really impressive. I've read all these books. I've studied scriptures. I know this. I know that. But Jesus doesn't say, bring your, bring your CVs to me. He doesn't say, bring what you've done to me. He says, I'm coming to you. I want to make disciples. Go and make disciples. He says, go out into the world. Go reach the people. Go teach the people. Go and really just share with, with them what I have shared with you. And th- that was their mission. That was, the, that was the mission of the apostles. They went out and they literally just shared what God shared with them, what Jesus taught them while he was on earth. And that's, that's, the, that's the simplicity of being a disciple. We can all, we are all so, so, dis- oh, how can I put this? We're all really good disciples, but so many people, when I talk to them, they're like, no, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I read my Bible. I go to church. And I ask them, but do you apply what you're reading in the Bible? And they're like, yeah, sometimes, maybe if I really, if I really want to. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Not to obey something, the small things I've commanded you. Teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And that's the one thing that just stirred on my heart while I was praying about this on Friday, on Thursday night. And I just asked God, but what does it mean? And he just said, he just told me, a disciple obeys my word. A disciple really goes out and does what I have told him. And the awesome thing is, Jesus, he gives us all the tools. We don't have to go out alone. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And because we are co-heirs with Christ, we also have that authority. The same spirit that rolled away the stone and let Jesus rise up again is the same spirit living in us today. So we're not alone. We're not going out there unprepared. We're going out there with the, with the full back of Christ behind us. And yeah, it's, it's so amazing. It's something that, that was so cool to just see how God just opens that up for me. Because it's one of the things I've been struggling with so, so long in just doing what am I really doing what I'm reading? Or am I just reading it and trying to proclaim it to other people? So that's one of the things that challenges us. But then comes, but why don't we go out and make disciples? Why don't we go out and, and just preach God's word? Uh, and just a, just a little small thing that just pops up for me now. The, how do we become a disciple according to the scripture? There's, there's a two-part event. Firstly, baptism. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So baptism is the event, but baptism is not salvation. It's not, now I'm saved, I'm baptized. No, baptism is a testimony of what God is doing in your heart. It's a reaction of your, spirit, of your, your physical body to what God is telling you in your heart. It's a reaction of what, what is happening inside of you. You just want to proclaim it and just scream it out and say, but I am a child of God. It's a big event. It's something that everyone, everyone sees, everyone attends because they know. Once you're baptized, a baptism is such a big celebration of just a person who's being baptized because that shows the transformation that's happening in their hearts. And then the second thing is, and teach them everything that I have commanded you to do. 
So it's a process. Because we all, we all struggle, we all have our things, we all fall now and then, we all sin, because we're born in a sinful world. But the, the awesome thing is, because Jesus paid a price, we can really tell Jesus, but please forgive me. But then we have to, to be, in order for us to become a disciple, we have to be discipled. We have to be able to be, we have to be open to be taught. And there's many ways how we can be taught. Firstly, through God's word. Awesome. If you guys can do that, amazing. You know, God's word is just speaking to us each and every day, and it's there to teach us. And the second thing is through the community of believers around you, speaking into each other's lives, praying for each other. That's, that's so awesome how, how I have prayed for so many people and you know, how God just came through. Like I noticed with this one guy when I just came into Joburg, uh, moving to this house, and yeah, it was, it was so strange, a little bit. I was not half the person I'm now in God, but the one thing I did know is how to pray. And I started praying for this guy. He was an atheist, and I really prayed for him. And slowly but surely, he came to small group, or he asked me questions like, why do you pray? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And then I could just tell him out of my heart, but it's because I love God. And through prayer, that guy is now busy with church planting, Clarksdorp. He's busy with small group plantings. He's really seeking God's face. Not because of what I've done, but because of what God has done through prayer. So I want to encourage you guys, just, just quickly, pray for each other. Pray for each other on a regular basis, because that's how God is going to teach us how to care for each other as well. So the question is then, why do we struggle to make disciples? And as we read in verse 17, and Jesus came to them and said, they saw him and some worshipped him, but some doubted him. The apostles who spent three years with him saw all the signs. They saw all the things that Jesus has done. They saw how he rose Lazarus out of the dead. They saw that and still they doubted. How much more are we in this world prone to do that? And we, we, didn't, we didn't see all that. We read about it, but we didn't see it. So one of the things that is just, is that thing of fear of man. Am I going to be rejected? When I go talk to Pity or to this guy or that girl, are they just going to turn around and spit in my face and walk away? Or are they going to listen to what I have to say? Are going to listen to what God is trying to say through me? I think that's one of the things that, that really is so, is so revelant revelant in our lives today is that fear of man. But luckily God is also there for that. And he really just comes and he, he turns that fear into a boldness. And I can testify of that in my own life. I was also there. I also feared men like you couldn't believe. But... Little by little, God brought me out of that and He gave me a boldness and I could really speak to them. I'm not saying I don't get nervous when I have to speak to, to, to uh, strange people or people I've never met before, but it's so much easier because you know God is backing you. Um, yeah, and the other thing is God's doubting God's ability to use us. How many times have we not just, just walked or walked into a shopping center and God says, go pray for that guy, 
go pray for Tabang, go pray for Chuba, go pray for Louis. And then we're like, yeah, I don't think God wants to use me now, you know, this is a little bit too, too public for me, you know. But then God puts it on your heart and he's like, go pray for them. And how many times can we say we're obedient to that? That small, still voice inside of us that we can just say, yeah, okay, I did it. But I don't, I don't want to condemn you or anything in that line. I just feel that that's what everyone in this world struggles with, is that we feel we're, not, we're unworthy for God to use us. But so many times I've seen that person who's the scaredest person gets used first. I know in a, on the Durban mission, there's one guy, first outreach in his life, and he's like all nervous, and he's telling the group he's really nervous. And then when young George tells us, okay, guys, go, 20 seconds later, he brings a guy to salvation, prays for him right there, still walking the road of him. And that guy was just like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put all these thoughts out of my mind and just willing to be used. And God used him. And that's all we need to do. So I want to encourage you guys, if, if there's any like fear or anything like that, just bring it before God because God can really deal with it. He can really deal with, with all those thoughts and all those things that's happening at the moment. Um, okay, yes, I have still more than enough time. Okay, so then how did Jesus overcome his fears? How did he overcome his doubts? Not that, I, not that I ever think Jesus feared, but if we read that scripture in Matthew 26, verse 38, and Jesus is on his knees. He's really on his knees telling to Father, Father God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. This is just before he's going to get crucified and stir and... He beaten and all that stuff just before that. And he's on his knees and he's sweating blood and he's saying, Father God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But not, you, not my will be done, but your will be done. And that's one of the ways Jesus overcame that. Even though in the, fa- in the face of death, in the face of all the pain that he's going to have to go through, he stood there and he was like, not my will be done, but your will be done. And he really obeyed the Father. It was a radical, radical obedience. Because he knew that if he didn't do what he did, we wouldn't be sitting here today. And then the second thing is, on the cross, when Jesus was hanging there, and he's like, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Just those words. In that, in that small time where darkness came, and, and God just turned his back a little bit on Jesus, and Jesus is like, why have you forsaken me? And yet he dies, and yet he, rise, he rose again, and he goes to the Father while, while he's in the grave, and he really goes and he just offers like a, a sacrifice of repentance for us as humans. Because it was so necessary, because he loved us so much. Even through love, he died on that cross and he just said, but I'm going to go through this. I am going to die for my people because I love them. Those are just... Yeah, those are just a, a few ways of how Jesus overcame that. Now, if Jesus can overcome that, how much more can we not under- overcome the things in our lives with Jesus in our hearts through the Holy Spirit? And yeah, it's a question that I keep on asking myself because it's something that I really, I really feel that it's so, it's so heavy that how can we think or how can I think that 
these small things in front of me is, is so massive when Jesus had to do that to pay for our sins, to pay for my sins. So, yeah, that's just uh, three of the things that I really feel on my heart God just wants to put in at the moment. And then, just lastly, what resources can we see flowing from the Scriptures that can help us in our, in our, in our walk today, can help us in our, yeah, in our battle, because we're always, against, always in a battle against something. And just the three things I feel is authority, where Jesus says in Romans 8.28, where he says, all things work together for those called according to my purpose. And that, that's all we need, basically. We are called according to his purpose. And he says, all things work together for the good for those called according to my purpose. And that authority we can take with us because we have the authority. Not out of, not out of ourselves, not out of, out of our own words, but out of the blood of Jesus Christ, out of the victory he got on the cross. We can move forward. We can conquer anything. Nothing can stop us because Jesus died on the cross. Jesus gave us the authority. He gave us everything we need and more. And so it's, it's so awesome to just know that, wow, we can really stand on, we can really stand on a foundation God has put in front of us. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to worry about uh, maybe this, maybe that. We can really just stand on it. And yeah, it's something that really spoke to my heart. And the second thing is community. Like I said, now, now, baptism and teaching, those two always happen in community. They always happen in a group of believers coming together to celebrate someone. Because I've never seen someone trying to baptize themselves. I think that would be quite pointless because how are you going to do Just fall into the water. You can just as well swim, you know. Yeah. Take a nice swim. No, baptism has to happen where someone baptizes you and they pray for you afterwards, just encouraging you in your faith. And then the second, the third thing, and the most important thing, his presence. Just, I just want to go back to that scripture quickly. Um, that last part, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always to the end of the age. He doesn't say, I'm with you till half the age and then uh, you're on your own, enjoy it. You know, He says, I'm always with you. I'm always with you. I, he doesn't care where you are. He doesn't care how deep you feel you're in this hole. He's with you even there. That song that, I, that, I just, that I'm thinking of now is just that, I'll praise you in the storm. And the storm is quite a rough thing for us to handle. But Jesus is still there. He's still holding our hand, leading us through the storm so that we can get out on the other side stronger. And yeah, that is, that's something I really just, just feel in my heart today. Is, um, I'm going to just conclude with this. Is that we are all called to be disciples. We are all called to really carry the gospel. It doesn't, it's not only the pastor's job. It's not only the apostle's job. It's not only uh, the evangelist's job. It's everyone's job. It's everyone, everyone has received that passion from Christ to go and speak to his people. We're not, we're not all so strong in everything, 
but we all receive the mouth. We all receive the word that God has put on our hearts. And I want to encourage you that if there's like anything withholding you or just holding you back, bring that before the cross. Bring that before God because God knows what's going on. He knows the thoughts we're thinking even before we think it. And I want to encourage you guys, if there's fear or fear of man or just a doubt in God's ability, bring it for the cross. Um, I think if you want to pray with someone afterwards, Shauna, Louis, myself, we'll be here in front. You guys can really just come to us and we'll pray with you. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to conclude for us in prayer. Yeah, Father God, um, yeah, Lord, thank you for... Thank you for working in our hearts right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Father God, for the calling you have placed upon each and every one of our lives. And thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate you for who you are, Father God. Thank you that we can be in a community of believers, Lord. Father, I really, at the beginning of this semester, Father, I want to pray a blessing over each and every person sitting in front of you, in front of me right now, Lord. And for every person that couldn't make it, Father God, yeah, Lord, I want to pray for them as well. Thank you, Lord, that you're blessing their studies. You're blessing their quiet time. You're blessing the fellowship they have, they're having with their friends, Father God. And thank you, Lord, that we can really just dedicate the semester to you, Lord. May it glorify your name. And may it just, yeah, Lord, may the testimony just flow from the semester, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.